All right. That's uh, music to move your hips by. <laughs> Thad Jones with Steeman is the name of the title of that tune. Thad Jones is on trumpet, Kenny Burrell on guitar, Paul Chambers on bass, Arthur Taylor on drums, Frank West on tenor sax and flute, and Mal Waldron, the great Mal Waldron on piano. This is from Jones's 1957 album titled After Hours. This is Lead Stories. I'm Retrace Lead, and I'm tired, aren't you? you? You don't know what to think. You don't know where to turn for some explanation as to what to expect. You just have to go with the flow. You, you are like leaves, you know, uh, flowing along with the current of a stream. We don't know what is happening and what is likely to happen. So that's where I think we should start today. What are you feeling? Um, when I say feeling, you know, we are in a, a special time. Everybody characterizing it in a different way because you're feeling it in a different way. What is it that you're feeling right now or these last couple of days based on developments that we've all had to cope with and the expectation that things could get even worse? Where is your mind taking you these days? And how are you coping? What do you use for stability in these times? 888-874-4888. Just to introduce to the listening audience the fact that we don't just talk about subjects. That's very nice and clinical. We will return to that format. But I find as I listen to radio more and more, we are we are not responding as as well as we should. We really do need space for people to express themselves and what they're feeling. I can't necessarily commit to helping anybody. Uh, I'm in the mix as well. I'm, I'm trying to cope with the uncertainty of things. And then there is the certainty of things. So we are caught up in a weird time. And it means we have to count on ourselves and those close to us to help us through. Where is your help coming from? Or do you feel that you need help to just cope with the pressures of the times? 888-874-4888 is the number to call. And let's get that conversation started. And we have other things too that we should discuss today. But I'm concerned about the fact that we seldom talk about what we, we are feeling. And yet, we, all of us, we function in different capacities in a community. We, too, are looked toward for leadership and solace and information and all all these different things we look to at a time like this, many of us are looked to to provide answers. We need answers ourselves. And we also need a space to decompress so that we can continue however 
we can best do that and still function. You see, we, we can't always measure the full impact of a thing, of a story, of an event, uh, just by reporting on it. What we seldom do is talk about our own, the impact on us and what we are feeling and your sense as one of those touchstones in the communities in which you function, what are, what are people looking to you for? Or what do you sense that people feel they need at a time like this? What is really important to keep people stable and hopeful or just functioning? We seldom talk about things like that. I remember uh, I did a program just, uh, boy, that's many years ago. And it was just an incidental thing. I just mentioned, well, so how are you feeling? I never expected the torrent of uh, reaction that, that I got. And it proved a point that practically nobody was expecting, and that is that on a day-by-day basis, we are just trying to hold it together, most of us. We, we try to convince ourselves that we're coping, <laughs> but we know we need some tending too. We need some place or some medium to express how we're feeling as things go. So today is one of those days I thought we should talk about how we're feeling, uh, about the developments and about which we feel that we can't do anything. We, We can't fix it. We can't make it change its course. We we can't reorganize anything. We just have to live with what is going on. And we feel helpless in the face of all this this monumental story unfolding before our eyes. And we have no place to put these feelings. So I would just ask, we start off with that today. How are you feeling? When somebody asks you in these very, very trying times, how are you? <laughs> do you think they're ready for the answer? Do, they, do you think they know what they're asking you? How are you at a time like this? Uh, these thoughts creep into my head and I really would like to extend to you uh, a a place to park for a while and just let us know what, what, at a time like this, what do you think about? What are you ready to do? What, uh, how do you feel about having control of anything in these times. Mohammed, we start with you on air. Uh, Good afternoon, Eugenius. Good afternoon. Hope all is well. Thank you. I'm going to talk about my feelings and why I feel this way. And I am a I'm a psychotherapist. That's my profession. And I well, I'm not. <laughs> Please remember, I am not a psychotherapist, although okay. I've worked closely with uh, such organizations. That's, that's all it means. What they do with, I, I, I'm going to be brief with this so I can get into my feelings. 
uh, psychoanalysis. Psycho just mean the mind. Analysis just mean to look at. And they make it seem esoteric. And that chases a lot of people away. And Yeah, but we're not talking through. about that. We're talking about how you're feeling. Okay. I'm feeling a little bit frustrated and a little angry. And I'll tell you why. Uh, the particular people that listen to you, I call them my classmates because I will learn so much from them. They remind me of, you know, graduate school because I listen and I learn. And we assume many times that many people know what we know. But, you know, when I try to explain to people what's really going on, it's very frustrating that they're so busy trying to make a living. They don't have time to listen. They don't have time to really think. And they don't know what's going on. 85% of the people do not fully understand what is really going on in the world today, the World Economic Forum, what their goals and objectives are. And I know very few people who haven't taken the shot, you know, and you try to explain to them, and it just leaves you a little sad, frustrated, and anger. And myself, I can't do my work. Uh, I'm semi-retired. I've had a lot of offers, but they're virtual. And I don't like the virtual thing because I can't really work the way I want to because part of it is just, you know, observing people's behavior, their actions, their thoughts. You can't do that virtually like you could in person. So that's a little frustrating because I can't work. I get a lot of offers, but they're virtual. So that leaves me a little angry and frustrated. And then having worked in the Board of Education, we would have the summit off. And that resulted in me being able to travel. And I just went to so many different countries. I learned so much from other people. And now with these restrictions on travel and the vaccines, that's a little frustrating too because I have people in many different countries that look forward to seeing me during the summer. And that I can't quite do. So just a little frustrating anger. But uh, I, I just, I'll say this, I thank God for my classmates, meaning your audience, or as some people call your family. And we seem, tend to think sometimes that people know what we know, but it's very few of us that's really fully understand what's really going on and what the goals of the World Economic Forum is, the Great Reset, and all about these shots that they call vaccines. So I'm a little angry, frustrated, but I'm going to try to be patient and get through this. Thank you for hearing me. I really appreciate it. All right, you're welcome. Thank you for calling in and contributing. 888-874-4888. At this particular time, what are you feeling as you go about or attempt to go about your daily business? Um, Are you feeling a sense of uh, hopelessness? Are you feeling a sense of well, things are coming together. They're not moving fast enough. Are you feeling that you're okay where you are? Um, do you feel lost? Do you have some trepidation about where things are going? Because we, we all have that. We We don't know where things are going. And it's a really scary idea um, to just trust that things will work out okay. (laughs) Uh, And yet, we have no control. We have no control, direct control over what is happening or what might be happening. So it's a very scary time. At the same time, though, we have gotten along the way as, as, as we have lived and we have been taught how to live. We have some skills and it would be interesting to know at a time like this, what are you drawing on to keep you steady, to keep you going? And would you recommend it as a way of keeping us, the rest of us, Uh, kind of calm and uh, focused. How are you defining your life these days? Any great difference between the way you are thinking about things now as opposed to 
the way you used to think about things? If so, what is the difference? Has it made a profound uh, change in your life? Or are you of the opinion that it's a bump? It's a bump in life and, well, you can get over it. Marcus from Wisconsin, what are your feelings? Uh, thanks very much, you trees. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoy these kinds of topics, usually as a listener. Um, what I'd like to contribute is uh, I, regardless of circumstances in life, as much as possible, go about my way with equanimity. And it's from a lifetime of a certain practice. And it's not spiritual or scientific. Well, I mean, you could call it scientific as far as the analysis goes. It's, it's simply this. And I first encountered this idea by reading the ancient Stoic philosophers, Epictetus, Epicurus, these people, the, the, the philosophers of the porch. And the idea from Epictetus that I learned as a young boy was never upset yourself about things that are out of your control because all your feelings, every single one of them, you cause. And there, it, it's, it's been researched in cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and many other places, like general semantics. Um, your feelings follow your thinking. So the, the crux of any matter, whatever you're feeling, you have to get to what are you telling yourself about your experience, because that's what you're reacting to, you know, uh, the example I like, say you're on a crowded subway or something, and uh, you're holding on to the strap, and you feel this sharp jab in your back, and your first reaction is anger, right? You turn around, who is this careless person that jabbed me in the back? And you turn around, and there's a blind person standing there. Well, what happens to your anger? What, what happens to your frustration? It, it disappears almost instantly and may even be, be replaced by its complete opposite, compassion. So your feelings follow your thinking, and it's instantaneous. And you can't catch them all, of course. <laughs> We're human beings, <laughs> not machines. But if you practice that you will find that you don't have to get yourself into a panic state. This is just the beginning of it. There's a lot more to it. But, but this is the mechanism that allows me to go through whatever crisis is in my personal life or in social life or political life. It's, it's the only way I have ever found that's successful. Now, it doesn't mean I'm blissfully unaware, as you know. <laughs> I'm deeply interested in these things. Uh, but, but emotionalizing them is not going to help you understand. I, I, a gangster told me once, don't let, don't let your enemy anger you because you won't think clearly about them. And that's right. It's, it's another example. It's another proof of your feelings follow your thinking. And so I, I object somewhat to the way you phrase the question. You will notice in popular discourse in media, experts and rich people and politicians have thoughts. What do you think? people say? What are your ideas? But when it comes to the public, how do you feel? 
What are you feeling? <laughs> you see, that's all you're supposed to have. You're not supposed to be a thinking being. Thinker. Okay, I got it. You're you're a feeling being who just reacts. See, and uh, people have been convinced. You know, go go pick up the uh, you know the psychiatric manual of diseases. Uh, disorders that comes out every year. I mean, they just make stuff up. You know, uh, uh, you're terrified of ants, so it's a terrible condition that you have to be medicated for, and people wear it as a badge of identity, you know? Yes, I suffer mm-hmm. from this, and, you know, they're, they're almost kind of proud of it. So... Um, I, I'm all I always think we should be very careful in these discussions because we are responsible for our feelings as much as we love to believe you broke my heart or you made me mad. That's not the way it works. You did what you did. I instantly formed an opinion about it and I reacted to the opinion I formed about what you did. I'm responsible. Even if somebody so, attacks you physically, that you, if, if, if you can say, I don't like this, I'm going to do what I can to stop it. But to say, this is terrible, it shouldn't have happened, that's complete fantasy. So how are, you dealing with, how are you dealing with in these times? How do you keep an even keel? Uh, the, the only way I know of is uh, I, I won't go into my own personal history, but needless to say, I've, I've been a craftsman for half a century. Um, uh, and discipline is extremely important in life. People imagine that discipline is something that's imposed on you from outside, you know, like your feelings are supposed to be. People make you do things, and that's your discipline. No, discipline is something you choose. It's a skill you choose to acquire. It's a, a, a task that you've committed yourself to in the course of your life. It's protecting a certain idea or principle or set of values that you've committed yourself to in your life, and you are working on these things all the time in a disciplined way because you think it's important, not because you're supposed to think it's important or others Mm -hmm. think you should think it's important, but because you really want it. And when you have that in your life, and I don't care what it is, music or anything, whatever it is, whatever your discipline or disciplines are, you will always have that model that you can apply to every other aspect of your life. One of the things I've learned as a craftsman is the, that the most essential human quality in a complicated, artificial, technical society like this is patience. If you have not cultivated patience, you are going to be at a tremendous disadvantage in almost every setting in an artificial culture like this. So, I mean, go back. It's, it's, they are the same problems that the ancients dealt with. The problems we really experience are not different than they were in the 5th century B.C. And if you go and read what these people in different cultures thought about it, Epictetus or even Khaldun or whoever it is, you will find that they had insights into this that you can probably use if you investigate them. But if you're not curious enough and disciplined enough to allow yourself to investigate the way out of your terrible feelings that you're having, then you're stuck with them. So it's not a matter of empowerment. It's simply a fact. You are responsible for your feelings. <laughs> and and well, the entire society, most of the culture is geared to make you think you're helpless, 
you need some expert to tell you what uh, to do in your life or how to feel or how to feel better. Or here's a drug or here's a politician that has the answer. And so people don't end up taking any kind of real responsibility for their own lives mm-hmm. simply because mm-hmm. of this. Well, you said quite, you, you gave us quite an epistle today, and I, I thank you, because uh, thank you. it is what we listen. needed to hear. We, we need to hear that as daunting as the times may be, we also have the capacity to control, to keep it at bay, and to keep it under control. Thank if, you if so I may, much, I'd just like to add one, one quick thing sure. on the end of it. Sure. Um, the, the idea that you are, you don't, the, the, the thing to master is to not upset yourself about things that are out of your control. But by practicing this, you will find that there is a lot more under your control than you thought. Because now mm-hmm. you're not wasting emotional energy on the things that are actually not in your control. Exactly. Thank you. This That's is quite a lesson. Much, you, quite a lesson today. Thank you very much for it, and uh, I hope it struck a chord with uh, with many people listening today. Eight 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 seven four four eight eight eight. How are you dealing with these times? And what do you draw from to fortify you? Uh, are you even aware of it? Is it something purposeful that you do? Or is it something that you just hope for? Let's share what you're thinking. At a time like this, or any other crucial time in your life, you literally have to see yourself as just going along with life, your life, the way you plan to live your life. It is a very challenging time, no question about it. But how do you keep yourself fortified? with the idea that you go through it and you come through it. That is what fascinates me. Um, My mother used to talk to me a lot about that, that if you think you're going to go through life and not experience trauma, you're crazy. Of course you're going to experience great trauma great tragedy and somehow you will have to get yourself back on an even keel she used to say that all the time get back on an even keel but how do you do that how do you guard yourself not only for the tough times ahead but to deal with those tough times and to come through Jackie from Brooklyn, what is your recipe? Family. Okay, I don't know if I have a recipe, but I have a comment. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, First of all, I want to thank you for the question. I think it's very important. Um, I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself. I'm a bivocational minister, and I have uh, of the Christian faith. So, of course, my foundational understanding of uh, how do we persevere in the midst of uh, sorrow, tragedy, oppression, and all the other things that we're living through is partly, uh, most not say partly, is based upon my faith and the reading of the, the scriptures. Uh, I agree, though, with uh, some of most of the things that Marcus said, and as well as Muhammad. Um, because what I find through life, and I'm no great sage, I am a senior, and I find myself looking and quoting my mother more and more as we get older. We remember the words of wisdom that our 
mothers and fathers imparted unto us. Um, first of all, this discussion is a wonderful discussion, but it, it uh, assumes that people even have the training, the wherewithal, the ability, uh, the exposure to really sit down and meditate about their lives and how are they going to respond to their current circumstances. And I agree with both Muhammad and Marcus when they said that, you know, under the DSM-4, that's the uh, diagnostic uh, manual for uh, identifying mental health issues. Uh, that's updated every year, every two years. And this is done by a whole category of people who work in uh, mental health psychologists and psychiatrists. And the, poor, the problem with that is that the people just adopt whatever the so-called experts say uh, is their issue. And so the first issue that we have to deal with is helping people to understand that each and every one of us are individually and then collectively responsible for their lives and their community. So that's the first problem. A lot of people have never had the ability to do that because of life circumstances. And they have just been taught to line up, do whatever, you know, the bureaucracy tells them that they have to do, get their little forms in, check off the right box, don't make problems, try to get their little benefits and their little stimulus check or their uh, retirement fund money and go on with their lives. So that's, that's, that's number one. And the other problem that I have, and I've had this all my life, unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, who decides uh, what is best for you? Who makes that decision? Is it an um, intellectual ruling class? Is it the government? Is it the people who have money versus the people who have no money? Who decides how our lives are going to be lived and how are we going to respond to the circumstances that we live under? So these are my questions. Uh, it's interesting that you would raise this question today because I'm working on uh, something about the, the crown of life and the crown of glory. I was given an assignment to present something this evening. And uh, this is in the scriptures, but uh, one of the things that I have always wrestled with, you know, how do you respond how do you persevere when you're living under uh, oppression, when you see this all around you? When you, and you, you've heard me mention this before, the, the very structure of demonarchy, where you have a structure that is inherently evil and press and kills people worldwide, not just only in the United States. So the first issue is <laughs> the more you see and the more you know, does that make you more frustrated? or more committed to fighting against it, or more reflective, or more prayerful, or more meditative, whatever you want to, you know, that's my question. But no matter what your faith uh, or philosophy is, all faiths and philosophies call on certain things like guard your heart, because out of your heart flows the issues of life. So how do we guard our hearts when we are bombarded with, uh, you know, all the things that's going on around us? And the other issue is about the feeling people feel helpless. And in many cases, they are helpless because, you know, the pandemic, the government. Now we're going to be facing uh, energy shortage. Uh, I read on the day they, they have a um, shortage uh, coming up with the uh, infant formula. So are these, excuse me, are these young mothers going to go back to using the carnation milk, uh, you know, process that I'm sure you and I grew up on? <laughs> well, actually, we were all, in my family, we were all breastfed. Okay. So breastfeeding or, or carnation milk or whatever, but you didn't run to the store and get Semilac and Infomel. Oh, no, no, so, no, no. That's out of the question. You never heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> no, but <laughs> I agree with you, Beatrice. The reason I'm laughing, I, I, I'm working on, uh, among many other thousands of things I'm claiming I'm doing, I'm trying to work on a, a, a book called Wisdom Sayings of Our Mothers. So that's why I'm laughing, because I'm thinking about so many of the things that our mothers 
told us in a very succinct way. But you got it. Do you, you, do, got the do you think you're, you're dealing with the current situation okay? Do you think you have a handle on it and a handle on you? Um, I have my good days and my bad days like everybody else. I get angry. I get frustrated. Uh, but I always try to open and close my day and sometimes middle of the day with prayer. You know, because that's the only thing for me that's going to keep me centered. Uh, you know, um, so I, you know, some people meditate, some people do yoga, some people exercise, some people walk, run in the park, swim, whatever it is. But you have to find something in your life that helps to center you down. And I agree with Marcus about you don't tell your enemies what you're going to do to them, or you know, you have to be able to settle and center, and then you can come up with a game plan for perseverance and, and self-preservation. So that's the, the best I can tell you. <laughs> but well, thank you it's, for it's, it's, you for hearing me. It's quite, quite a, a mouthful you've said here today. No. <laughs> and, and that you're sharing with us, and it's great instruction following Marcus's uh, uh, instruction. So we're getting some good material here to use. But Thank you so much, Jackie, for contributing to today. Thank you. Harvey from Berkeley, you're on the air. Hi, Harvey. Hi. Hello, wonderful you trees. Well, I'm Hi, wonderful very... Harvey. <laughs> well, I'm feeling very positive and looking forward to a fantastic future, and I'll tell you why. On occasion, history seems to repeat itself like war, mass extinctions, as well as a lot of death and destruction, like the plague that devastated Europe. Uh, and it had economic and social effects that vastly changed European society and contributed to Europe's emergence into the Renaissance. And the Renaissance t uh, took place from the 14th to the 17th century and promoted the rediscovery of classic philosophy, literature, and the arts. So here we are in the COVID type of plague, uh, also in war, and um, and it's my feeling that uh, all this may be uh, the uh, may be followed by a modern day um, renaissance, where again uh, we we redo our philosophy, our literature, and arts. For example, we're just taking our first baby steps into space and becoming spacefaring people. Will change the human rate, human consciousness. Uh, to I believe a very in a very positive way, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll learn new respect for our Mother Earth and treat her um, treat her like she should be treated with uh, with kindness because she is our mother. But we're, first, we have to go through all this stuff before we can. Uh, get, you know, it's not easy either. Nature doesn't make it easy. So I believe that again, if history does repeat itself, we may be heading into a new renaissance, and I'm looking forward to it. Wow. You're quite optimistic. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you and for I that. Believe it, that. I believe being optimistic also keeps one health in shape because when one is depressed, uh, the, your, your vascular system starts uh, constricting and the, the blood flow is cut off and then you're more vulnerable to disease. So. A, po a positive a positive headspace is actually a healthy headspace, and I believe that uh, that's that's I'm taking cues from from history, and we might be heading toward a wonderful renaissance that'll that'll grab the world and and change us uh, in a wonderful way. Thank you very much for your contribution today, Ari. Thank you My so pleasure. much. My pleasure. Ed from Queens, you're on the air. What do you recommend? Hey, good afternoon, Patrice. How are you? Okay, Ed. Thank you. Well, uh, I'm not that deep or erudite as your previous callers have been. I've, I've been told on occasion that I'm too analytical and I look at things too gravely. So I took that advice and I've been surrounding myself with children. I don't, <laughs> for the past four weekends, I've been a volunteer babysitter for members of my family, 
and I haven't spent the weekend with anyone over the age of five, and it's fascinating. Everything's new, everything's different, even from the babbling of my one-year-old niece to the to the to, to the mental wanderings of my five-year-old nephew Elias. I enjoy it. It reinvigorated me, and it, it gives me hope for the future. So I mean, it's not that deep. Sometimes you just got to be silly. <laughs> so you think this could carry you for the period it has. that we it has. are facing? It, it, it improved. It improved my disposition. It improved uh, my disposition. It made me see things that I had that I thought I had forgotten because I didn't have much of a childhood for different reasons. But uh, I, you know, in, in the eyes of a child, you know, Jesus said, "Suffer little children unto me." I can see the logic in that, and it gives you hope because if if they can, if the world is around for them, I think they'll make it a better place. Hmm. Well, thank you, Harvey. Not Harvey. Ed. Thanks, Ed, for calling in and contributing today. Thank you, King from Virgin Island. You're on the air. Hey, great answer, Chase. How are you today? Okay, how are you? All right, hold on. Let me try to adjust this phone. Yes, and uh, greetings to your listening audience, of course. I'm doing well. Yes. What, uh, what, what advice do you give for a time like this? How do we navigate these times that we're in? All right. Um, I would say the first stop is I would uh, try to fortify myself. Uh, what I would do is uh, to start off, first of all, have a positive outlook on life, even though the clouds have gathered. Um, the second thing I would do is, uh, so this is a daily routine, so positive outlook. And then the second thing I would do is try to not be as vulnerable as I am today, let's say. Not that I'm vulnerable today, but in other words, try to build up, okay, um, anticipate no electricity. So I would get dry food and store them. You would have to freeze it for three weeks uh, at least, uh, like rice and beans and these type of dry goods, because um, weebles, weebles, uh, you, you're trying to eliminate the weebles. So um, the weebles are those little insects that got eggs in the rice, in the... And so if you just store it as is, it would turn to powder sooner than later. Uh, and so when you freeze it, you, you minimize that potential to lose your, your rice and your dry good. Okay, so you freeze that for three weeks. Uh, and, you, you, you know, you get a plastic barrel that doesn't get wet and somewhat sealed. You know, I mean, can, you know, can handle water from the outside and you still dry on the inside. Okay, and then um, after I do that, uh, number three I would do is try to, um, you know, get more information, get more um, community members together, you know, people who with similar minds, because it's hard to find a like, a, like, a like mind as yourself. I mean, people are pretty unique. Anyway, um, who see the need for us to, come together. And, and then number four, we would try to make some type of um, uh, a plan, emergency plan, like, okay, if your house gets destroyed, you can, you know, if you have two, three children, you, you have um, this option at, at one of the, the neighbor's house or some other area outside of your, your community might be devastated. So you, it's good to have uh, a network of people in different areas that work together and easily able to, you know, contact each other, even if you don't have transportation or a, a uh, phone, because you've got to anticipate an emergency, you might not have all of these amenities. And number five is to try to develop some type of, a, you know, even if there's no emergency, that we have these meetings and we try to uh, establish some type of self-help network. And I think that's the way I would start. And, um, you know, just try to update yourself on 
how to survive without the amenities of like electricity or gas or all these types of things. And I would just, you know, and, and have faith. I would pray a lot. I would, you know, try to meditate and learn about myself and how to keep myself healthy. And I, I, I would try to, to connect with people who have similar, you know, notions to weather this storm. And, um, I'll take it from there, and naturally it would grow. It would grow. It would grow. But we have to open up. They're telling us six feet. They're telling us mask up. You know, we have to be ready for every situation, even something not anticipated. So, and, um, you, you know, you, and you have faith, have confidence, and know that you're not alone. And I, I would just leave it there. I would just stay strong and um, oh, try to gather some strength. And people help each other and, um, you know, be prepared for something that, you know, you know is coming. So just prepare yourself. Excellent advice, and I thank you for it. Thanks, King. Oh, thank you. And um, you have a blessed and safe um, day and the rest of the week. Thank you so much. Gamba from Tampa, you're on the air. Greetings to all. Thank you. So in these times, I, I listen, as I, I think I've installed this before, I listen to you almost every day. I don't call all the time, but I listen almost. But wait, wait, wait a minute, wait um, a minute. What do you mean almost? <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes I work the midnight shifts, so sometimes I, 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 I'm sleeping. What could I say? <laughs> so so, so I, I go back into the archives and I listen. Um, so how I deal with it is I, I call, I, I listen to your show and I listen to other shows on PRN. Um, it's such a delightful, um, experience listening to the array of, of, um, uh, ideas that come through on PRN. And I, I have to say, I'm, I'm guilty. I haven't sent in my support this year yet, but I will do that. Um, uh, just a, a minute, joy. just really a minute, Amber. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up um, some sound on your end. Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe I have only, I'll take you off a speaker. I'm sorry. No, it's, it sounds like there's yes. a program oh. in progress that you're watching <laughs> or you're listening to. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a joy. It's a, truly a joy. To, and I agree with Marcus. I'm a technician. And so often I see my fellow technicians don't apply what Marcus said, patience. Patience is what we need with everything in our life, and it'll help us grow uh, tremendously. So even when I run into a stuck bolt in an exhaust manifold or wherever it may be, I, I walk away and I come back. So it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be or have to stay present with it. You walk away and you come back. And I don't answer to every question given to me right away. I try to ponder and think about it and then respond. So I learned that from all the different voices I hear on your show and the other shows on PRN. So thank you very much, Nutrice, and all the people that participate in this conversation. Have a great day. Thank you, Gamba, for contributing today. Well, we're getting quite an array of responses, and essentially, people are giving us, I hope you've been taking notes, but they've been giving us some very valuable information as to how we can help ourselves through this. Um, any number of ways that it can be done, and any number of ways in which the those offering uh, this advice, they themselves have gone through it. The main thing is not to feel overwhelmed and therefore immobilized. Things will happen in life, and they do. But if you just fold up and you go sit in a corner somewhere 
and you don't see the possibility of moving even one inch further, you lost. Don't do that. Persevere. Because if you were to talk to anybody in your own life about a particularly harrowing experience they have had in life, you will hear the advice coming through, just persevere. Focus and persevere. And have great faith in yourself, your capacity to come through it. At a time like this, this is what we need. If you've been listening to the tone of the news uh, stories that we hear, we don't get that constant advice that it's rough. It is it's not to minimize the, the seriousness of what we are experiencing, but it is not 100% we're going to be losing everything and there's no hope. We do have to develop, though, our own capacity to provide our own sense of direction. It's very important. And we arrive at that through all kinds of ways as we go through life. We learn things. We study things. We match the the challenge with our own talents. And sometimes we may even surprise ourselves that we did so well in a circumstance that uh, looked so formidable at the beginning. I'm hoping that today's conversation or conversations will encourage you to keep, as Adam Clayton Powell used to say, keep the faith, baby, keep the faith in yourself and keep the faith that has been vested through generations into you and me. I keep drawing on that faith. the, The faith was entrusted before I was born. And I find myself even now drawing on that investment. It helps a great deal. So I thank you so much for your contributions today and your helpful advice. And hold on to that advice as we face whatever is coming down the pike. Thanks so much for listening. And let's get together again tomorrow and talk some more. Bye-bye.